Well, good morning, Summit family. It's so good to be with you again. It is Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to you and your family. Oh, how I wish we could be together uh, over at the church building, um, but we can't be. And But we can be together like this, and isn't that great? And again, happy Easter, and I'm excited to dive into God's Word today. And one of the things I've been thinking about is how Easter is looking different this year, isn't it? Uh, I mean, we're not uh, gathered together. People aren't in their, um, you know, Easter attire and all of those things. But you know, one of the things I heard talked about this past week was that this Easter probably looks a little bit more like the first Easter than any other Easter we've had before. You think about that first Easter, right? The disciples were locked in their houses. Anybody that followed Jesus, right, was kind of hiding out in fear um, because they didn't want to be associated with Jesus because they didn't want to be uh, next at the time. And and there there was a lot of fear around that. And and so they were in their homes. They were locked in their homes. And, and in fact, Jesus had to go and, and visit them, and some of them, in their homes and find some of them um, because they were, they were so afraid of, of going out. And, you know, I think some of us, you know, are probably identifying uh, with that on some level this morning, at least being in our homes and, um, and not able to come out. And, uh, and, and I think there is such thing, and I've been battling back and forth on how to talk about this, I think, over the last few weeks, but I think there's a difference um, between a bad fear and a healthy fear. And I think it was something like what we're dealing with today with this virus and COVID-19, I think it's good to have a healthy fear um, because who wants to get sick, Right? Who wants to, um, uh, to, to be in that place? And so uh, just know that I'm, I'm praying for you and uh, pray that uh, you experience God like never before on this Easter. And you experience Jesus like you never have before on this Easter. As we celebrate this morning His resurrection, the fact that the tomb is empty, He's not in there. Hope sealed. Because the tomb is empty. I'll never forget um, when I got an opportunity to go to Israel. And the day came to go to the garden tomb. And we actually walked the Via Dolorosa, which is the road of suffering. Which is the road that Jesus would have walked carrying the cross from where he was beaten. And the crown of thorns uh, was placed upon his head to the place where he would eventually hang on the cross and die a sinner's death. And I remember walking the Via Dolorosa. I remember getting to the place uh, where they say he was buried. And you walk in there and, and there's kind of still that feeling, even though it was thousands of years ago. And, and I was walking in, this would have been like 2005, 2006, and I was walking in. Um, and, and, and it's kind of like, is he in here? What's in here? You know, and he's not in there. And I just remember feeling so hopeful in that moment um, because of the fact, the implications of a resurrected Savior, the implications of Jesus going to prepare a place for us, He wasn't there. And, uh, and so, man, we celebrate that today, 
and I'm excited to celebrate that with you. And I want to continue in our message series where we've been talking about our vision statement. And our vision statement goes a little bit like this. It'll probably show up on your screen right about now. Summit Church will glorify God and advance His kingdom by making disciples of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, let's back up. We've talked about Summit Church. We've talked about being the church and how we're not called to uh, go to church, but we're called to be the church. We've talked about glorifying God and what it looks like to worship Him and how we exist to bring Him glory. We've talked about advancing His kingdom and making His name famous. We've talked about making disciples and the importance of discipleship in the church. Now, we don't want that to be a fad word. And today, today, we're simply going to talk about Jesus. Make disciples of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but today, I want us to talk about making disciples of Jesus. Because last Sunday, we talked about Jonathan and the vacuum cleaner. We talked about my kids and Carolina Blue, speaking of Carolina Blue, wearing a little bit of that today. Um, but, but we make disciples in a lot of different ways. We teach people, right? Disciple is a follower. We get people to follow different beliefs and different, different standards and different things, different mentalities. But the important thing for us to realize as the body of Christ today is that we're not called to make disciples of Nike. We're not called to make disciples of LeBron James or a, a certain movie series or, or this book series or that or, or, or this product or that product or all the other labels that hit us in the face day after day after day after day. But we are called to make followers of Jesus. When Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. What he's saying is make followers of me. Make followers of Jesus. And that's what I want us to talk about today. Because I think so many of us get wrapped up, right, in making followers of so many things. So many things. I was thinking today about the labels that I have and the labels that I wear. And, and all the different, you know, are you an Apple or are you a PC person? Personally, I'm an Apple guy, right? But nothing against PC folks. I love you too. Um, but, but, he, but think about it. I mean, we even make labels. We even make labels. I was thinking about this today. We even make labels out of what version of Scripture we read, right? I'm an English standard preacher. I love to study the, 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 uh, the Christian standard version of the Bible. Love me a New American standard version. I, I, I appreciate um, many different translations, but if you think about it, you know, the King James only crowd, or uh, NIV, nearly inspired version. You know, how sad is it that we've even turned versions of Scripture, God's love letter to us, into labels? We become consumed by labels. And I think it's important to remember this morning as Summit Church, and if you're tuning in and you're not from around here and you don't come, I'm glad you're watching. We're, we're going to talk about Jesus today because I think it's important for us to remember at Summit Church that when we, are, when we call each other, when we challenge each other, when it's part of our vision statement to make disciples, what we're making disciples of is not Travis, it's not our staff, it's not our name, it's not our logo, it's not a, it's not a worship team that we like or that we follow, it's 
Jesus. And if it's not Jesus, then we don't want in. Period. If it's not Jesus, it's not worth it. If it's not Jesus, it's not of any value. And you know why I think I'm so passionate about that? It's because of this. Jesus is the only one that can change anything. I can't change people. I can't change you. I can't. I, I might be able to convince you of some things and, 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 and stuff like that, but really, if we're talking about heart change, deep change, like we talked about last week and making disciples, it's got to be Jesus. And that's why it's so important that He's involved in everything that we do here. And so I want to talk about Jesus today. Uh, I was listening to, to, to a message this past week, a live stream thing that, uh, that, that was going on the internet, and one of the, one of the speakers said, I want you to picture for a moment, being one of the, being one of the disciples, right, or being, you know, being one of the disciples that, that went out to meet Jesus, being one of the disciples, you know, like Thomas, that Jesus had to go and engage with, you know, I want you to picture being one of the disciples and Jesus walking up, who you just saw crucified, right, you just saw Jesus hanging on a cross, right, just a few days earlier, and now Jesus walks right up to you and says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What a statement. What a statement. Can you imagine for just a moment being one of the 12 disciples and, and being one of the followers of Jesus, one of the early followers of Jesus that stood there, watched him mocked, watched him beaten, watched him be spit on, watched him hang on a cross, see him buried, see him placed in a tomb, and then for him to stand right in front of you and say, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go. Make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. And obviously, what he was talking about there was spread my name. Spread my name. And we could even go a little bit deeper with that. Spread my love. Spread my love to every person that you can. What a statement what a scene there for us and so we've talked about going we've talked about making we've talked about the disciples and today today i want to focus uh, on, on jesus obviously right but i want to i want to look at a piece of this great commission where jesus says teaching them to obey Teaching them to obey. Because here's a mistake that I think we've made in the church for too long, church. Here's a mistake that I think we've made for too long. We've been more consumed with making converts than disciples. We've been more consumed with getting people to say a prayer or say yes or something like that, right? Or, or raise a hand or come down front. We've been more consumed with making converts than making disciples. I get an email at the end of every year. I get an email at the end of every year asking how many converts we've had in the previous year. Not how many disciples we're making, but how many converts we've had. Um, we, 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 
count those, right? And they matter. And listen, every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God, right? We are to go and make disciples. But, but Jesus isn't talking about just going and making converts, just going and getting the numbers, just going and getting the hand raises. Jesus is talking about teaching them everything I've commanded you. And the sad reality is that a lot of times the church stops with the hand raise. We've stopped with the prayer. We've stopped with the feel good, yep, now you can go to heaven. I'm going to worship with you eternally one day. And listen to me, hear my heart, hear my heart, hear my heart. That's awesome. It's great. Well, pastor, what about the person that, that meets Jesus at the end of their life? Praise God. Praise God. Right? Praise God in that moment. But I also think, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, that many of us, if we're honest, have probably been more consumed with making converts than disciples. I want to look back at Ephesians chapter 4. We looked at Ephesians chapter 4 last week. But I want to go a little bit earlier in Ephesians chapter 4. I want to start in verse 11. And Paul, again, is writing to the church at Ephesus. And he says this. He said, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip. Look at your neighbor and say equip. That's right. Look at somebody in your living room or kitchen or yell down to somebody, text somebody, and say equip. Right? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. I want you to see something here. Paul, writing two-thirds of the New Testament, when he's saying that we're called to something, that we're called to work. The work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we will all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Doesn't that sound so good? Verse 14, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We're to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ from the, whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, notice that Jesus is the one that holds the church together, every joint, every piece of the body, the whole body with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So that it builds itself up in love. What a passage. And I just want us to go. I don't really have points this morning on this Easter Sunday. Again, I just want to talk about Jesus and what this text has for us in Jesus. And I just want to point out some words to you that jumped out to me this week. And the first one is this. I had you share it with somebody there in your living room. Hopefully you're... you're um, you're with somebody this Easter Sunday morning, but if not, share it with somebody through text or something like that. But the first word is equip. Another translation says, 
prepare, right? To prepare people. Because here's the truth. When people are equipped, when people are prepared, and they accept the adventure that it is in following Jesus and blessing others, the whole body, Paul talks about it later in the text, the whole body is built up, matured, strengthened, and flourishes. I don't know about you, church. I don't know about you, but my vision for the church of Jesus Christ in 2020, even in this time, is that we would flourish. Is that we would flourish. I mean, if you think about it for just a moment, if you think about it for just a moment, think about the ways that the church is learning to do church again. Right now. Right now. I mean, I was joking with some people on the phone the other day. Because one of the biggest challenges, church, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, it's like I'm in your living room right now and we're just having a conversation, I'm sitting on your couch in my nice little Easter shirt, let me just have a conversation with you. One of the biggest challenges of doing virtual church is the music. It's the music. Getting it recorded, getting it, you know, all, all sounding okay and all, all that stuff, it's, it's the music. <clears throat> and I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I thought, you know, I'm glad when Jesus shared in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 when He started that He made sure that they sang three songs, did a welcome, took up an offering, and all that stuff before He started His three chapter sermon there in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Now, some of you know I'm being facetious because that didn't happen. Right? It didn't, it, that, that didn't happen. Jesus started the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, <clears throat> because he was walking along the way, and theologians say that he just sat down in the middle of a field. Whenever Jesus was going to teach, he just sat down, and people gathered around him. Hundreds of people would just gather around him and get as close to him as they could. There wasn't a sound system or anything like that. They just gathered around him, and he just started teaching. He just started teaching. How simple, how incredible, how amazing is that? But yet many of us have this picture in our mind when it comes to church and what it's about and who it's for and what it's for, right? That, that there's got to be some things that happen, right? There's got to be some songs up front. There's got to be this. There's got to be that. Listen to me, church. You know, you know the only thing the church needs? Jesus. That's it. That's all. That is the essential. And many of us are so consumed with the rappings and the music and this and that that we forget Jesus. That we forget to leave room for Jesus. And Paul says, that's the point. Equip the saints. Remind the people of what's important. So that they can do the work of ministry. And what was that? Spread the name of Jesus. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And so then he goes on, then he goes on, and he talks about the fullness, right? So that we could be in the fullness of Christ, right? See, Jesus isn't trying to build up superstars in his kingdom. We do that. We make, we make the Christian celebrity, right? Jesus isn't trying to do that. He's not about superiority. He tries to build up a church that's unified in its faith and its knowledge. And listen to me, Summit. Our goal is that each of us will show Jesus to the world because that's all that matters. 
He's the only hope. That each of us would embrace the platform that God has given us to show Him Jesus. That's it. In the fullness of Him. In the fullness of Him. He talks about uh, mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning. Rather, speaking the truth in love. And that's what I wanted to talk about uh, here at the end of this passage. Two things. The first is, is the waves of false teaching. The waves of, 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 of and carried about by every wind of doctrine. <clears throat> that's distractions. Right? See, we're to stay close to people and walk with them to help with this. Right? To keep them focused on Jesus. To keep them focused on Jesus. I was part of a text thread this past week with a couple guys and and we were just saying, hey, in this time, in this time, right, we can't get lazy. We've got we to gotta fight the laziness, right? We've got we've to continue, right, progressing, and, and, and we can't get comfortable, and we've got to press in. We've got to press in, and we can't check out, and all of that. And, and one of them responded, he, he just said, listen, hold me on that. Call me on that. If, I, if, if you notice, right, that I'm checking out, if you notice that I'm getting lazy, if you know, obviously with social distancing and all that stuff, text me. Call me on that. Let me know. Hey, cut it out. Right? Cut it out. Because we've got to help each other fight distractions. And then the last thing I wanted to point out in this text is this. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped. Rather speaking, back up one more verse, 15. Rather speaking the truth in love. You know how you could tell a false teacher in this time? Paul was, a lot of Paul's writing was to, was to, um, was to correct false teaching that the churches were, were believing. But, but false teachers were, 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 were easily spotted back in this time, and I, and I believe today as, as well. Um, <clears throat> but false teachers showed no love or care for their people. That's how you could tell a false teacher. They showed no love, no care for the people. They simply wanted to get their own way, and once they did, they moved on. They showed no care. They showed no love. They weren't shepherds. They were hired hands. Mature believers, disciples, followers of Jesus, search for the truth. Loving and caring for the needs of people. That's the difference. That's the difference. And people can tell the heart, can't they? People can tell the heart. And so as I close, I want you to think about this. We long for safety. We long for peace. <clears throat> we long to be fully known and loved completely. We long to believe that in the darkest part of our story will not be what defines us. That in the darkest part of our story, that won't be what defines us. We long to know that we're caught up in a bigger story than our own and that, and that story of human longing, like every good story, has a beginning. It has a beginning. And I want you to see that this is the Gospel. 
that the beginning of our story was here. It was actually back here in the beginning, right? But the beginning of our story was here. And this is the gospel, that Jesus lived a life of perfect obedience to the Father. Perfect obedience to the Father. He died a horrific death on a cross as a holy sacrifice. This was to pay for our sin. And then Jesus physically rose from the dead three days later in glorious victory. He won the victory. And this was to break the curse of death. And after this, He ascended back to His Father to go and prepare a place for us. As He says uh, in in John 14 and 15, if, if He weren't going to prepare a place for us, He would tell us. But He was going to prepare a place for us. And as, dis, as disciples, as disciples, part of obeying Jesus is to love our Christian community. It's to love one another as He has continued to love us. But being a disciple doesn't stop there. Obedience goes beyond the Christian community. God doesn't save us to to huddle up in awkward, exclusive Christian bubbles and Bible studies. God saves us and sends us to pursue and to love those who do not yet know Him in our places. To consume, to pursue, and to love those who do not yet know Him in our places. And that's what Jesus was about. Go and make disciples of all nations. Pursue, pursue people. Pursue people. Make disciples, not just converts. And I think that's important for us to remember today as we look at this text that teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. What does it look like for us to commit to walking with some people? Especially right now. Especially right now. What does it look like for us to sit and say, you know what? I need people. And I need people to push me in places that I haven't wanted to be pushed. And I need people to stretch me in places that I haven't wanted to be stretched. But I'm not there yet. And I want to get closer. See, I think one of the biggest things that stifles discipleship is the belief that we don't need it. Is the belief that we've already arrived at the fullness of who Christ is. I'm going to tell you something in the most loving way I know how to tell you that if you're listening to this, you're not there yet. You've got something to learn. I'm not there yet. I've got so much to learn. When I first came to Christ, and, and even when I first got into ministry, I thought I knew everything. And now, I realize I don't know anything. I've got so much to learn about Jesus and what He wants for my life and what He wants for your life and all of that. The point is that we never arrive. And so what does it look like for you to press in? We've been talking about that over the last couple weeks, but what does it look like for us 
to press in. And for you to get a couple people in your life and say, hey, I'm not where I want to be. Help me press in. I love you guys. Let's pray together. Father, on a day like today, it's easy to get wrapped up in it's easy to get wrapped up in the wrappings. But God, I pray that Easter isn't another day. It's not just another Easter. But God, I pray that today we would encounter You like never before. And I pray You'd make Yourself real to us. God, I thank You for sending Your Son I thank You for the hope of a Savior. A risen Savior that's gone and prepared a place for us. And I pray that we'd walk in that hope and that we'd live in that hope. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, listen. Listen to me. If you're sitting in your living room this morning or maybe you're sitting... Somewhere, maybe you're riding in a car listening to this. Maybe somebody sent it to you. I, I, don't, I don't know what the story is, but listen. If you're walking without Jesus in your life, stop. Stop. Stop what you're doing right now. And follow Him. Follow Him. And if that's you and you're sitting there today and the last few weeks have revealed more to you about yourself than ever and you're not satisfied with where you're at and you know there's something greater out there. Or what, what, whatever, the case, whatever the case may be, however God's been knocking on the door of your heart, let me, let me, let me just say this. I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a prayer. Um, and, 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 and I want you to know that we're committed as a church to walk with you. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're getting back to the basics of who we are. Because we're committed as a church to walk with you. So if you're sitting there right where you're at and you say, you know what, today I've never invited Jesus into my heart or I did when I was eight years old but it didn't mean anything and I haven't been walking with Jesus since. Today I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus and to follow Him. Just say this. Pray, pray in your heart right now or you can pray it out loud in your living room. Just say this. Say, dear God, I'm a sinner. And I need you. And so God, I invite you to live in my life forever. God, I want to live with hope that is found in Jesus. And so I ask that you would save me. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. Listen, if that was you, and you said that prayer. And again, it doesn't have to be Easter Sunday 2020. You may be watching this weeks later, months later. My email address is travis at summitmain.org. You can go to summitmain.org and find our whole staff there. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to give you next steps and help you in your walk of following Jesus. And uh, we love you guys. And uh, I think we've got a song to close. And so... Uh, stand if you're able, sing with us, and I'll come back and close this in just a minute.